Hello and welcome back to another weekly episode of On Repeat, the podcast with me, Hattie Winter. And me, Ellie Rashid. This week we're speaking to singer-songwriter Brooke Bentham. Originally from South Shields, Newcastle, she's now in London. Her music has been described as formidable, bewitching and austerely beautiful by people such as The Times, Line of Best Fit and DIY, which is something we totally agree with. Mm, you can hear that actually um, with the music in the background here, Brooke's lovely sounds. And her latest album, actually, if you want to hear more of those sounds, Everyday Nothing chronicles the mundanity and inertia of life as an artist post-graduation. The album showcases her vulnerable music and lyrics, which are both personal and relatable, and her sounds are mixed between rock and folk. But it's not all doom and gloom. In this episode, Brooke talks to us about overcoming writer's block, learning to perform and being part of people's formative years, which is a really important mark for an artist. We get an insight into the realities of working in the gig industry and how difficult it is to promote yourself as a breakthrough artist. Plus, she tells us, I think pretty early on into the uh, into the interview, just who is Oliver, which is one of her most played songs on Spotify. I think it's got like two million plays. I just like really that. wanted to know who he was. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. I in. just went straight in. Like all this time, I've just been singing. <laughs> the last time I saw Oliver, thinking, who on earth is he? So this was our chance. Who did you see? Last I mean, time? this is the real reason we got broken. <laughs> just. Yes, exactly. Just wanted to, to broadcast this. Um, so anyway, you know exactly what to do. You know the drill. We're going to keep it on repeat with the lovely Brooke Bentham. Hello, I'm Britt Bentham. I did um, music, drama and English my A-levels. And, um, <laughs> I'm a musician from Newcastle. You are. And tonight, Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Brooke, how you doing? I'm all right, yeah. Same old. So for listeners who don't know, um, Brooke, Hattie and I actually lived in the same block when we all moved to London. The same block of halls at Goring Hall till I die. Oh yeah. <laughs> um and wait, were you two were you two in the same flat? Same floor. Same floor. So there were sixteen people on our floor. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't know how we live like that. We had a massive kitchen. No, I had a boyfriend at the time in, on one of the floors. I don't even oh, know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Such a stroll down memory lane. I know. <laughs> RIP relationship. Au <laughs> 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 revoir. Uh, talking oh, about God. past lovers or maybe lovers. Who's Oliver? Oh, oh wow. wow. That, that is, is that is a, a deep cut. 
Uh, I just thought I'd fire it right back. <laughs> it was, you know what it is though? I wrote that song when I was like 15, 16. So it was like literally about um, some guy that I like had a, well, like had a thing with when I was like in sixth form. Um, and then I named it after my first crush. But he wasn't actually the guy that the song was about. Oh. Nice. I like it. Yeah, man. Did well, he I, wasn't, a... I wasn't going to name him, was I? Name and shame. Yeah. I, was... <laughs> I would just imagine this guy called Oliver listening to it like, Brock! <laughs> like, writes the kind of like, have a Stormzy Wiley like dialogue uh, and reply in 24 yeah. hours. <laughs> Brock. <laughs> I mean, I kind of love that. I'd love to have a beef. Don't you think that would just be like Ooh. a really fun time? Yeah. Who would you have a beef with? Who would be your dream beef person? Oh, oh my gosh. Um, this is like a typical on-repeat question. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Do you know, Um, do you ever listen to Adam Buxton's podcast? Yeah. Mm. I think I'd have a good beef with Adam Buxton. <laughs> <laughs> I, do you not think he'd be really funny if you had a beef with him? He'd write a little song about you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, with his dog. <laughs> do a jingle oh my god because i mean like adam buxton's kind of like like he's so like jingly isn't he yeah podcast it's all like Mm. everywhere (laughs) and um i feel like your your style like both aesthetically and musically (laughs) is so like consistent (laughs) and like like i'm broke but then like when you when you speak (laughs) like when we're speaking to you and knowing you I don't um, imagine like Moody Brook. I yeah. Brooke with a pint, like, oh, oh everyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. All right, Buxton. <laughs> I don't, yeah, exactly. So oh, I can no. actually see this this little battle going on. Brooke v. Buxton. If I actually have a beef with Adam Buxton, I'd be <laughs> amazed. <laughs> That's such a good answer. I wasn't even expecting that, you know, like, I was expecting you to say, like, someone that we actually with it, know, like yeah. Laura Marling. Yeah, I had Laura oh. Marling as well. I feel like Laura Marling would just be too above the beef. She'd just mm. be there in her white and like her collar, just like. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think she'd have better things to do. Yeah. And really, that's the whole point of the beef. Yeah. Because <laughs> like why is she above plans. the beef? No one's yeah. above the beef. No one should be above the beef, Laura. No. It's the true equalizer of man yeah. and woman. Yeah. Beef. I don't know how we got to this place, guys. I don't know, but I love it. Can you remember the first song you ever wrote? Yes, it was horrendous. Um, (laughs) I think I'd like literally just lifted Paolo Nutini's chords (laughs) from a song and put some like (laughs) horrible lyrics over the top of it. Um, I've got, I've still got like all. Do you actually? I've probably still got my lyric book. Shall I read you the first lyric? Oh, please. Yes, definitely. Please do. Right, here we go. Exactly. Oh, here it is. Yeah. (sighs) Open your eyes. You're sure to get a big surprise. Look outside your window. <laughs> it's raining and it's terribly cold, but oh. And that's literally all I wrote. <laughs> that is the entire song. <laughs> like, you can see I only did one verse for this. It's pretty, do you know what? 
it's not even bad. Like it's better than my songs I was writing. Yeah, I mean we uh, come on. We're we're it's ten years on. Ten better. <laughs> <laughs> you would have, yeah, exactly. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. So were you playing the guitar before that? Um, At the same time? Always uh, I was playing the guitar. Yeah, I started playing the guitar before I started writing songs. I like just learned, just taught myself um, by playing like Taylor Swift and Damien Rice songs. <laughs> Which Taylor Swift songs? Crazier. Yeah, I, can't, I was never like hugely into her, but for some reason decided to start with her songs on the guitar. Yeah, was, was there like a reason for it? Just... Mm-mm. They were I think, just like convenient. I think they were just like the easiest <laughs> songs to play. <laughs> if you go on like, there's a, a website called Ultimate Guitar, which is basically how I learned. And they have like top 100 popular songs on the front mm. page. So I probably just immediately went to that and picked out the Vegas well, song that I know. Well, it's put you in good stead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It definitely has. <laughs> But your but your songs have been on um uh like quite a few famous playlists and actually I it was just when I think mm, just when yeah. Spotify was starting to label their playlists as different things outside genre so there was one called like Coffee Break that I think you were on yeah and they've got like all sorts like we were saying like Lost in the Woods and like really yeah like, Lost it's in so the Jungle like and whatever mm. and I I found that quite interesting that someone would put your music in that kind of category what category would you put your music in oh i don't know uh it can be something really stupid <laughs> uh i really don't know maybe like night drives or something night drives mm. that's interesting asked josh a similar question and he said journey oh mm. it's like yeah like music night to travel to yeah, music. I to just think, to. like, have you ever been like, we just got a car again, like a little old banger, um, recently, and then we were on the M1, whatever the motorways are called these days, <laughs> and like it was dark, and we had a CD on, and I was like, oh my god, isn't this amazing? I just love driving mm. in the car at night with music on. Mm. So cinematic. Yeah, in a movie. Yeah. 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 I, I feel like. That is, interestingly, that seems to be a time where people connect with music quite a lot, especially mm. when people are driving on their own. Yeah. I find, I wonder if that becomes quite a melting pot for ideas, actually, mm. thinking about it. And maybe it's that similar thing, just in general, traveling, because I think we even spoke to Harrison about this as well, um, mm. that idea of like being on a train and maybe like, coming away from London or something like that and just sort of having your own soundtrack as if you're almost in a film. Yeah. Maybe that's too sentimental. No, it tot- it, I think it's totally um, valid. Like, I, I, I remember, like, especially when, I th- like, how old was I when, like, I've got an iPod? I can't even remember. Like, maybe, like, I had, like, a little MP3 player, so, like, maybe 10. Um, and I, I can still remember the first time I listened to music on headphones like it's such a great experience mm. i just love music though so yeah mm. 
No, I totally, I totally agree. And um, actually, thinking about like the type of music that you write, like for me, it's something that I don't know if you have the same thing, Hefty. Actually, but it's something that I often come back to and sort of at different points in my life, and I, it always seems to sort of mark things mm. really clearly. So I can really remember mm. certain times from that kind of music. Laura Marling's mm. a massive one for me as well. Yeah. And Brooke, some of your music does it as well. Oh Just, really? you know, like listening to um, some of your songs really takes me back to a certain time and it's the sort of <coughs> thing I would actually have on repeat. <laughs> yeah. I would oh. have it on repeat. And how? Like, I'm sure that you've had that as well with certain artists. I don't know. Like, do you have artists you, you have that with? Yeah, I definitely. Know, like... I think, but like, I, I have like, the set, some artists that have stuck with me from when I first heard them that I still listen to, I still like my favourite bands. And then, like as you say, there's bands that I listened to when I was like 15 that take me back to being 15. Or mm. like, do you know what I mean? Um, but I was actually, I learned like last year or something that apparently your most, um, you remember the period of your life, like the music, in your life most between the ages of like 14 to 19 um okay so really? it's already passed for us guys but yeah apparently that's when music is like the most um impactful for you yeah i suppose they are quite formative years yeah yeah and like if you think about like going to gigs and stuff when you were younger it was such a experience mm. what yeah. would you say yours was like a song or an artist around those developmental years what that like stuck with me or mm. uh definitely bonnie bear for sure mm, nice nice yeah that oh oh yeah yeah good shout Actually, yeah. yeah i mean like they're still one of my favorite bands but it's, it's like that second album that is just always will be one of my favorite albums you know nice nice i think i had i have to say like whether it's a good thing or bad thing i don't know daughter yeah, yeah, yeah. As well, like around. You guys are much time. cooler than me. Much cooler. Sorry? What would you say? Much cooler like? choices than me. I feel like my formative years are made up of like Panic at the Disco. Yes. Fallout, Fallout Boy. Yeah. <laughs> that yes. kind of, and like loads of uh, like, I was like a proper scene kid and emo kid, so it was just loads of stuff like that. Yeah. Dance, Gavin Dance. Not, not stuff on the Now CDs then. <laughs> I know, yeah. Oh, like Arctic Monkeys, yeah, definitely. Oh, I, yeah. Like, even now, I'll still put them on. So just sometimes, I though, I, I like, I like, I think of those things like they're they're pretty decent. But also, I have so many like memories like that of actual shit music. Like, yeah, like I realize this is subjective, but I remember my mum used to have this. I hated it so much. Oh, <coughs> like she used to play the CD in her car of radio one live lounge covers oh, and they no. were just there there was that time where covers were actually so popular <gasps> yeah that's like, so true everyone yeah. was getting their guitar out and doing a youtube cover of something yeah and at the time i can't remember which year it, it, it was but at the time the artists were not good they were just celebrities so like cheryl cole was covering fireflies <laughs> yes oh, i remember hell. i remember oh, this specific CD. i know exactly what you're talking you about you know the one yeah so, so, so in a weird way, bad music, or at least, sorry, what I think is not the best <laughs> music, yeah, yeah, um, can actually mark 
a time in your life. It's like same with like youth and and daughter. Like that song. Like I don't know if it's my favorite song in the world to be honest, but yeah, it does really like take you back. Do you ever think it's weird how? Because I I actually I'm pretty sure about this. Like I I'm gonna make this sort of statement. I'm pretty sure. I think that for some people, your songs will have been the equivalent. Yeah. I mean, it's a lovely thought, isn't it? I, I always, I actually so. think about this quite often. And I'm like, I wonder, because like, because when I did the Sam Fender tour, there's a lot of teenagers there. And I'm like, because I, I was thinking about that thing again of like being young and like having that be the most impactful years. I was like, I wonder if like, um, because you know how you think of some bands that you listen to when you're a teenager and now you just like would never listen to. I'm, I'm like, I wonder if that I would ever be that for someone. I'd love to not be that, to be honest, but <laughs> I just wonder if I would be. I don't think you will. I'm not just saying that. I don't think you will. And I think it's because it's not like... Cheesy I think it's quite, ti- it's, not, it's quite timeless, mm. what you're making, rather than like... Like, there's a reason that I, we don't listen to like emo. Yeah, but Like, fall out, but it's because it was a time then that what you're making isn't really yeah. marked by that. I guess so, yeah. Just sounded like I was fishing for a compliment there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, um... <laughs> I took the bait. <laughs> no, but that's such, that is a really nice thought to be part of someone's formative years. Yeah, it is really nice, yeah. People, like, sneaking out. I think that was... That, like, I know, that, that was the big thing about that Sam Fender tour, though, because there was literally so many teenagers, and I was like, my music is not for teenagers. This is not going to go down well. But it was all right. Like, there was a lot of... I got a lot of, like people from it so it's nice what what do you think music that is for teenagers sounds like oh no (laughs) i can't explain this i don't know every teenager's different because i think about like what i was listening to i think the big thing for us when we were teenagers probably we had tumblr and that isn't Mm. that isn't around now i found a lot of music through tumblr like i actually Mm. I found so much good music through that website. Like, I found Yola Tango, and that was when I was, like, 15. So I'm like, teenagers, like, have good taste in music Some, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Well, I guess the equivalent now is TikTok. I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. But, Sorry. like, I honestly, I downloaded TikTok the other day, and I was just, like, immediately deleted it because I was like, what is going on? I'm addicted. Are you? <laughs> honestly. So I'm on the fence. <laughs> I, went, I went on it, and I was like, I cannot work this. I, what do you search for? You just, I just don't. I don't think I don't use it properly. I am like an old person being like, I'll have an account, but I won't put anything on it. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, addicted yeah. to scrolling. But yeah. um, I guess Tumblr. I mean, also for me, my Tumblr. I love Tumblr so much, but um, like MySpace, you just know so many bands off of MySpace. Yeah, you'd have your like little music page on the front, wouldn't you? With your the auto theme playing song. music. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Why would anyone do that? Why would anyone put someone through? Oh my god, it's so wrong. Do you I know what I used to do? I I didn't actually. I wasn't allowed. <laughs> I wasn't allowed MySpace or Bebo or anything like that. Oh but god, what Bebo. I used to, Bebo, to be fair, probably better for you. <laughs> I was better off. Well, mm, much better. I don't know because I I didn't have any of those things, but I could recite and still can recite the whole Llama song. So I was on. What's the Llama song? He's a llama, there's a llama, and another little llama. Fuzzy llama, funny llama, 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 duck. <laughs> you don't want to know the next the rest. What of is that? I've never heard that So before. I was <laughs> around, never heard probably this. on mini clip as well. But the other um the other way in which I got I'm my shocked. sort of music 
fix if you can apart from like bluetooth things things on the back of the, of the bus oh my god infrared in yeah all of that um i used to put i don't know if you used to do this as well used to did you used to put song lyrics up on your msn oh yeah all the time <laughs> yeah bracket eight bracket what, what were oh your song God. lyrics i can't remember it was like i did find my myspace playlist the other day and it was like a lot of um never say Hang never on. do you remember that way was it oh it's like never say never no n shout never shout never or something i can't remember the name of them but I listened back to it on YouTube because the MySpace thing doesn't work anymore. And I was just like, I can't believe <laughs> I used to listen to this. So loud. Yeah. Such noise. Oh, God. It's like, who wants that? To go onto a website and have music, like, blasting at you. It's cool. It's really cool. Gosh. But I, I guess, like, I guess if you've got your Instagram stories on now, it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? There's nothing more jarring than, like, sitting in a room with someone playing their instagram stories or tiktok out loud just like a different yeah. sound every five seconds yeah it's a bit of an overload like a sensory overload yeah yeah i always yeah. get quite embarrassed if i don't have my headphones on i'm like oh god i'm so sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry i'm just like the same tiktok song going like over I know, and over I know. or like if you go to the loo and you put your phone down and you're like don't mind me yeah <laughs> just gonna play for 10 seconds on a loop for an hour i know i'm in for an hour but yeah oh my god does it ever feel difficult as a musician when we're in a world with such like sensory overload does it ever feel difficult to sort of not feel lost in it all when there are so many artists there are so many upcoming like amazing people of all sorts of genres is it ever hard yeah man <laughs> it's literally <laughs> ne it's never easy <laughs> yeah um no, I mean, at this particular year, I think it's just so, so hard for new artists now. I think yeah. unless you've got, like, a, I mean, if you're on a major label, you're pretty much, like, you're going to get so much advertising, so you're kind mm. of okay. But I don't know, like, at, even, like, logging onto Instagram just gives me anxiety now. Like, I'm, like, I don't know, there's just so much, isn't it? And, like, um, every time I post something now, I just get extreme anxiety over posting anything mm. um I, I, I don't know it's so hard to like because you have to like over promote yourself so much and i'm just not about that life um mm. that you have to you have to basically constantly be like hey look at me look what i've been doing listen mm. to my music i don't yeah. know do you do you do that yourself is that like a sort of diy um it's your social media diy or do you have like a manager who helps you with stuff or well i i've actually not had a manager since february um and i've had one before that since like first year of uni so like this is the longest i've been without a manager basically and it's quite nice actually not having anyone to like police what you're doing and I don't know, checking up on you all the time. Especially because I've got nothing really going on at the minute. Like, there's nothing mm. to check up on, so I don't really feel like I need... Obviously, I'm going to need one at some point, but... Mm. But other than that, like, all my in like socials and myself, like, my label will be like, um, can you post about this and stuff? But other than that, I'm, I post myself. 
you can probably tell if you look at my instagram i don't really (laughs) post that much (laughs) (laughs) no it's pretty honest and it's pretty you um Mm, yeah and i mean we ellie and i were talking about this beforehand and your songwriting is quite vulnerable i'd say and i think this kind of instagram world is also quite vulnerable definitely just all a big vulnerable state to be in i don't i don't even know if that's really a question or just a kind of well it's like i don't know because you write songs and then they're written then you do a demo for them so by the time i finish the demo i'm like already disattached to the meaning of it because i've spent so long just figuring out what i want it to sound like and then i record it and i'm like okay that's a song now i've got no like actual attachment to the meaning of it or whatever and then um you're kind of like i think when you i guess when you like put the album actually out you're like these songs you you kind of reflect on it a bit more and you think more about what they you wrote them about and stuff like that but i don't know like as soon as the song's written it's written for me like i don't really think about the contents of it that's quite interesting Mm. it's kind of like a separatism yeah i wish i had that (laughs) (laughs) i wish i could do that anything yeah, it sounds like a good kind of like. I, I I think other than that, you just end up like dwelling on things. Yeah. But like, yeah, but also like, I just do not have an interesting life, so I don't really have that much like going on to write about. <laughs> I've said do it so feel, many times, but. Do you feel like um, the same when you're actually performing as well? Because I remember seeing you like live ages ago. It, I think it was in. I want to say Islington. Oh, was that the Islington? The little pub on the corner? I it's feel a green like... pub. Mm. Were you there, Hattie? I did see you once. Did you? Or twice. It, it was literally did. like luring. <laughs> yeah. It was it? Was it? And, and we went, yeah. it was like in first year, I think. And I went, I remember seeing you for the first time and just uh, your performing matches your songwriting it's so vulnerable so it's yeah it's crazy that you can detach Mm. yourself like that I mean I I guess um yeah I guess without trying to sort of be your therapist or psychoanalyze you (laughs) at all like it's (laughs) it's free (laughs) um yeah it's just it's interesting to sort of to know you it was I, I just thought it was weird sort of knowing who you are and knowing mm. that you come straight off the stage like as you did as i expected and just be like, do you like it <laughs> like like with a again with a pint like yeah. yeah like um and yeah but just seeing like this really like vulnerable work and vulnerable delivery as well it was extraordinary i, I wonder do you feel like being on stage is uh a sort of space where you feel safe or vulnerable or do you feel like it's a part of you or just a part of you that you're able to perform or express i think um at the minute i've not really found um my like favorite space yet to perform like it's quite i don't know it's quite difficult to describe but i've done a lot of support tours and it's like that's not your crowd and so like that you have to try and win them over and i think to playing a show it's 
more there's more vulnerability there because you have to like also like entertain in between the songs which i'm terrible <laughs> at oh my god um i'm so bad at it but then i i do love performing because you can actually that's the chance that you can actually get to feel those feelings about the song um mm. because you're actually playing them and you can like um perform them but i do love performing and i really miss it um i just like i feel like i didn't get enough of a chance to actually figure out what my space is though you know mm. that's that interesting makes mm. that makes sense is that because of what's happened this year yeah i mean we were gonna like it was i released my album in february and then it's gonna be like a headline tour in the uk which i think would have been great because that was actually like people who'd listened to the album and like who knew me and like mm -hmm. it was gonna be just fun um but now i'm kind of like i've got like they've been rearranged to june next year and i'm like are they gonna even happen in june and are people even gonna remember the album at that point you know what i mean so so rubbish at the minute but oh well mm. there are worse things how do you learn to kind of find your your right space how do you i guess just by playing loads of shows playing loads more shows and because i just don't feel like i've got comfortable enough or like being consistent enough with shows to learn how to speak to people because <laughs> i'm like i don't know like especially since leaving uni i'm definitely more of a um introvert and i'm especially like after pan like lockdown as well i'm so bad at speaking to people now mm. um so i don't know i think it'll be it's just yeah you just gotta play loads of shows and then you get more comfortable don't you and you kind of like oh this again Mm. And so yeah. would you say you're someone who kind of feeds off other people's and it like social energy or do you need to like do you need to be around other people or do you prefer your own space or do you like the balance or I um I much prefer I mean I like playing with my band and I've learned through the years that you have to be playing with people who are like enjoying playing the music and um i think that's the main important thing is that you're all on the same page um yeah because then like it might be like a rubbish audience i mean not that i mean they might just be a bit stale but like you can still have a fun show mm. with your like friends on stage um so i think that's the most important bit to be honest definitely i guess definitely. that um that's the same for writing right because if the moment you stop enjoying writing it's kind of like what's the point and i guess it must be so hard especially if you're under pressure from labels and fans and maybe even yourself uh to keep churning out tunes like do you find that you you get mental blocks ever yeah i mean i did loads that year that we left uni i was like because I didn't really have anything to write about. Because I wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't doing anything. Mm. I didn't. There wasn't anything that I could really say. Um, mm. But I think now, af actually, after doing that first album, I'm pretty. It's it's weird, like because as well, I think now that I'm working two other jobs and I only have like one or two days 
for writing and like I, ha- I have to use that time to write so I'm a bit more disciplined um yeah. and if I'm having a mental block then I'll just just like mess about all day play other people's music for a bit just to try and mm. do something you know that's actually quite a good tip mm. and you've you've also uh touched on something that uh I hadn't thought about so much properly but I I uh, do you guys know um uh, Ella Egome? Um I've heard of yeah. yeah. I mean she has uh one of her gigs actually she was talking about just not being able to write and not being able to do anything but her I think it was more her putting pressure on herself to do it because she felt like everyone was like you're so good you should be doing this and yeah. just really not being able to and I think that is so common when you have when you're trying to figure out your career whether it's before you go to uni after school or after uni like that little limbo period is really tough actually and no one prepares mm. you for that at all no one talks about the implications on your mental health on your on your writing on anything really and yet i don't know how many songs have actually been written about that mm. <laughs> like there's not a lot of comfort and especially when you feel like ah oh, I'm supposed to be in my prime. Yeah. 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 I'm in London. I'm broke. Yeah. I haven't got any songs in the bag right now. Mm. I'm trying to like work all these jobs hard. And then you get the virus on top of it. I know. (laughs) That's a thing though, isn't it? It's like work. You've got to work loads of part-time jobs to even afford. Unless like you get out of uni and get a job straight away. Like fine. But, um, and then like also like, just remember like sometimes you just can't be bothered. (laughs) <laughs> like mm, yeah. it's it's so intense having to like be doing stuff all the time but it's just like you can also just do nothing for a bit it's fine and to be honest yeah. like i think in that time that i didn't couldn't write i just had to say it myself like it's fine just like have have a bit of time off because clearly it's not getting you anywhere trying to do anything so yeah be a bit kinder to yourself yeah I'm um, not actually collaborating with anyone at the minute. I actually don't really like it that much. Um, mm. With my own writing, I prefer to write on my own. But I did the uh, my album I did with Bill Ryder Jones. And um, I wrote with him quite a lot for the album. Um, and I think because we have very similar music taste and he's just like an amazing guitarist, that really worked. And we were also mm. like, it also like, I think you have to get on on a personal level. Like we're basically brother and sister now. Um, yeah. And like, I because writing such a personal thing, if it's awkward, I just don't think it would work. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I like most of the time I just can't, myself into that frame of mind to like sit in a room with a random person and write a song Brooke yeah. Bentham it's everyone not... she doesn't collaborate yeah. she, just not... beefs. <laughs> <laughs> she just beefs she just beefs oh is that what I sound like oh no <laughs> she's an anti collaboration she just she likes to just beef with yeah, Adam Buxton Adam Buxton <laughs> mate 
makes sense though, right? It's just like a, other than that, it's just like a waste of time. Yeah, that's a thing though, to... right? If I didn't have two part-time jobs on the side, I'd probably be well up for like writing with other people. But because I my time is precious now, I, yeah. I, yeah. I like can't really be bothered to write with other people. To be honest, yeah, quality over quantity. Yeah, totally. Totally. What What does a typical like writing day look like? Well, I've had one today, so let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you my routine. Um, I got up, had a, like a, had a coffee. I um, nice. I know I like, so I like set up all my stuff. I've now, now that we've got our own place, I've got all of my stuff set up, which is amazing because when we were sharing before, I had to kind of, every time I wanted to write, I'd have to get everything out and it's just like a pain in the ass. Mm. Um, and then I don't know. I will kind of just sit on my guitar for a bit and like try and write a kind of verse of like just random lyrics. And then I'll just build it up if I get something on Logic. And then by the end of the day, I should have like a demo of sorts. Some kind of formulated idea. Yeah. Do you, do you start from like a, a starting point? Is there like a sort of I don't know, like a theme that you that you seek out, or do you just really start? like anywhere i think i just literally start anywhere it depends i think it all depends on what i'm listening to that week like um i've been listening to that new fleet foxes album quite a lot and so today i was kind of writing like playing on an acoustic guitar do you know what i mean like it mm. kind of whatever i'm listening to will influence me that week which is a uh, an interesting writing process because i've got quite a lot of different demos now <laughs> yeah that is actually really know like is that something you've built i mean by the like by the sounds of it you control like everything that you're doing like visual side so i guess it is well i worked with um a photographer for that all that stuff called nick helderman who is very good at what he does um and there's an artist called gregory crudson um he and he does these like surreal photographs of like a normal photograph but there's something they all look kind of like they make you feel a bit uneasy and there's, mm. some, there's something like about it that is like off you know um mm. and he actually did one of yola tango's album covers um and then nothing turned itself inside nothing turned itself inside out it's a long long album name that um yeah, and i kind of like fell in love with that style because like the album was about um like kind of like ev everyday nothing like the like little moments in everyday life and i kind of thought mm. that would be it would be cool to make that come to life in a visual you know i've had this picture saved in my phone for years and it was just a photo of like this really old vintage home um and uh it was in my head for ages that i wanted that to be the album cover i think i, I think i originally found it on tumblr if i'm honest um and i wanted that to be the album cover for ages um and i was thinking like how can i recreate this with a photographer in london with me um 
and then it just kind of expanded from there and i was looking online at like retro bungalows in london um and then i kind of found gregory krugson throughout all that research so it kind of just came all came from that yeah all comes together in the end Um, I'm listening to a band called Loma quite a lot. Um, they've got a new album coming out next month. My partner works, well, my boyfriend. I, don't you think it's like, isn't it so hard to say boyfriend? Mm, isn't it? Yeah. Why is it? Why is it so hard? But I can't say makes partner. Makes me feel like I'm like 17. Yeah. But bar- like, partner makes me feel like it's like a business partner or like I'm 17 years old. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he's working with that band at the minute. So, um been listening to quite a lot of that and also as i mentioned earlier the new fleet foxes album and the new sofian stevens album oh yes i've been listening to that too mm-hmm. so excellent choices um also i just realized wait i've got two last questions oh yeah the first the first last question is is there anything that you wish you knew before you like started this whole journey i'm thinking about the time um like when you were saying like you'd finished uni and you're just about to kind of embark on maybe a bigger career. Is there anything you wish you knew looking back? What, like before I even like began to have a shred of a music career? Mm-hmm. Um, I wish... I really don't know. I'm like, it's... It kind of it's one of those things where you learn by doing don't you but um it's quite an abstract con- um, question you don't have to have a fully fledged answer i wish i'd just known to like put the work in through uni rather than messing about but you can't really say that to like a young person can you like who's like as 18 year old moving to london on out of her parents for the first time Mm. Um, but also like I wish I I've never had like big expectations or anything so that's not a thing like um, but I wish I'd known how like actually just like kind of bleak the actual business of the music world is yeah it's like Mm. actually quite um, just like it's so once you like get past the like um you know whenever you first start getting into the industry you're like oh but they're interested and stuff like that and it's like no they're not (laughs) no they're not do you know what i mean like yeah i just wish i'd known how like actually horrible the business world of the music of music is it's not horrible it's just like once you see how like the the ins and outs work it's kind of like god Mm. it's a bit exhausting Mm. Like the non the non glamour. Mm. Yeah, a lot of my um uh friends who are actors and directors say exactly the same thing. Yeah. And wh- when I was working at the Royal Opera House, it was again like exactly the same. You'd see these stars going on stage and you'd kind of expect them to be the same off stage for yeah. some reason. And then they're just normal people getting ready in tiny rooms. Yeah. Not mm. even being paid 
anything and yeah. probably struggling for when they're finding their next job yeah yeah but then like similarly enough once you like get into like this like places with successful people you then realize how horrible that part of it is, is as well yeah. like there's a lot of um like condescending and i don't know like there's a lot of like looking down in that world which i don't like yeah it's just not i think it's just not glamorous is it everyone no. thinks it's glamour and you the glamour gets old quite quickly yeah kind, kind of like when you first go to like a festival maybe like as like a vip and you just realize like the mud's the mud's still here oh yeah <laughs> there's just more seats to sit on. like there's yeah just fancier drinks <laughs> also yeah. you know what else i would say as well i wish i'd known like I, I i wish i could tell myself how little money you actually earn on like touring um because like yeah. i feel like that is just like that should be disclosed you know information but you actually make hardly anything you lose money by going on tour mm, that's deep yeah that's what, actually a good point it's all what's the best deep. thing <laughs> what's the best thing that you Ooh. could impart <laughs> to end on a to end on a high note um i don't know i don't know i think i love um like being in the studio and like finishing something is amazing and just being like wow like being able to like listen to a body of work that you've made and just think like and actually be proud of it um that's like a huge thing um because like even though it's nice like because even when you work in part-time jobs i can be like okay but i did make this album you know what i mean like and it kind of gives you that little bit of like something and I also just love playing as well. Playing live, playing my own shows, doing the damn thing. Yeah, fingers crossed that comes back soon. I'm an old man. Thank you so much to the very lovely Brooke Bentham for taking the time out to come and speak to us. She, she's kind of a hard person to interview because she's in so many places. She's had so many interviews, so it was fun to try and think outside of the box. And I think she was a great guest. We had so much fun. Yeah, it was just lovely to catch up with her as well. And I didn't expect the conversation to kind of take us back in such a nostalgic way. It was so nice to touch upon formative years and old playlists from tumblr and and myspace, <laughs> MySpace. msn oh. loved it bebo brooke's always such a all pleasure places. to talk to she's jokes she's jokes she, she really really is and if you want to catch brooke on social media that is no longer defunct you can find her on instagram at at brooke Bentham, and also on facebook at at brooke Bentham. No excuses. Keep it on repeat. Keep Brooke on repeat. Keep us on repeat. And see you next week. <laughs> oh my god, such good rhyme. Yes. <laughs>